What year did Clockwork start? Clockwork started in 93, but then we took Clockwork to Ibiza in 94. We was just partying. I had no outside view of what was going on. We were just having fun and playing music and playing at the best clubs in the world. The more success you had, the more opportunity you had to spend more money. Cocaine is basically a definition of insanity because you keep doing it and expecting different results. Yeah. From the start, as soon as I did it, I was addicted. The last of the great IB for summers, that, that's when that's when like the, the beauty of it had gone. All the dough you brought in, it never got Did most in. of it go up your hooter? So the, the amount of drugs I took, right, had a really detrimental effect on my mental health, right? It's stimulant and it really screwed you up, especially when taking that much. Some of the kids would try to stab me. How much gear could you get through in a day? Around 28-ish. 28 what? Grams. A day? Yeah. You are joking me. Welcome to the Eventful Lives podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sports and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. If you haven't already, do us a favour, press the follow button and check us out at Dodge Woodall on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, where we've now had over 80 million views. Blocko is a world-famous DJ and Danny Gould is the founder of Clockwork Orange, hosting parties in the UK and in Ibiza for the last 30 years. We talk through dominating Ibiza and their crazy rockstar lifestyle. They both reveal their battles against copious amounts of drugs and the demons that follow. These two were infamously known as being the craziest pair in Ibiza for over a decade. This is the eventful lives of Mr. Brandon Block and Mr. Danny Gould. Blocko, Danny, welcome back to the show, lads. Dodge. Thank you very much. Thank How you. are you, mate? Very Lovely good, mate. You. Very good to see you both. It's funny, this one. We've had Blocko on by himself, we had Danny on by himself, and now we're going to do a free way out. Free Free-serve. 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 Hey, hey, gets left out. <laughs> lads, there's... Uh, <laughs> for every goal. There is a lot of history in this room with the three of us with the promoting world <coughs> the nightclub world the DJ world the festival world and everything that we've been through let's roll all the way back how did you two first meet? I tell you um, Andy my partner he contacted Blocko um, and said to him would you play for Clockwork and he came to play for us in January 93 was it Stefano or no 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 it was uh, Paddocks Paddocks that's right Paddocks, yeah. Yeah. Grazing um, Road yeah. and um, I was 20 old in 1993 I was 21 and is that when you first started your promoting world yeah around then was it yeah. 93 January okay 93, yeah. and where were, you, where were you based then what were you thinking at that time thinking well, I want to get into the nightclub world no I wasn't Andy my partner said to me um, do you want to do a party and I was ducking and diving in Clubland. Let's just say it like that, yeah. messing around and whatever. In and um, and he said, "Do you want to do a party?" And I went, eh, "No, not really. I'm not really up for it." And then he went, "Come on, we'll do a party." And then we agreed to do it. And from then on, in it, I think it was like the first. I, I think it's the addiction, maybe to do like going along that lines. As yeah. soon as I started, I was like, "Oh, I want a bit more." Of this. I like this. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> it. you know the euphoria and the flyers and different venues and yeah. DJs yeah for anyone listening out there right now we're talking back in mid 90s where the promoting world was all about flyers posters magazines word beginning. of well, mouth beginning it was 92 yeah. when we started flyering for the event 92 yeah. it was two years out of, out of 1998 well yeah. let's face it there was companies built on flyering they were called the Flying Squad. The Flying Squad came around about ninety-seven, about ninety-seven. Maybe, yeah. But I'm saying that on the back of the promoting, yeah. 
people made a good business about flying gigs because they were becoming so prolific. They was like every week. Obviously, That's about right. 92, 93, you pick your parties at the end of the week. Well, mind you, we was out partying anyway, so it don't really matter. Just, <laughs> Seven days a week. Yeah, basically. <laughs> which is what's, what's on? Because I'm open. And when, you, <laughs> and, when, and when you first started doing your first part, you were 21, early 90s. What made you, what made you go, yeah, I want to get Blocko on board? Apart from, obviously, he was a face. Andy, Andy knew about Brandon. I don't know if he met him at the Mill Bar or someone, someone that was going, something that was going on. And he, he just said to me, he said, look, look, Blocko's like up there, come in, face on the scene, like you just said. And he says, like, want to get him involved? And that was it. And mm. then he started and he's been for ever since. Yeah. So that's 30 years, Blocko. And I, yeah, and you know what? I was very fortunate because the, the parties they've started doing were the, you know, up with the best in London yeah. at that time. They've got the paddocks and then there's the Villa Stefano's. Basically, to be part of that and I was, I've pretty much on most of them from then on and it was great and what was your world then he come and knocked on the door what were you doing around that time same as it I mean I, you know I, I, yeah I played my music but I was partying I was you know out there just having fun and obviously I'd been to Ibiza a um, couple of years previous and we sort of started that journey on a, a summertime type yeah. thing but I was still out there out Mm. all the time mm. and throughout the week throughout the weekends so in winter time you were basing yourself in London and thinking about well, summertime what was your what, what, do you remember your first experience in Ibiza what year I'll tell you my was? first experience it was 91 I went with Charlie Chester who's uh, you may know and may yeah. not those of you in Clubland and uh, um, he made me take some acid out in a, in a record sleeve um, first time in Ibiza but the, the, the airport then was the size of a post postage stamp yeah. so oh, literally you went through and we that was my first the funny thing about it is this is when Charlie arranged that 1990s like weekend of chilling the first film as such about Ibiza at the time which was a cool one um, and uh, a man called Adam and Primal Scream and Andy Weatherall and Tony Farley and all that and, uh, the, and Rocky and Diesel and Paul Oakenfold all got flown out to do the party I went out with him on the the summer before the record, the reconnaissance mission, to do the to do the record reckoning. How did that end up? In a big mess. <laughs> and he goes, uh, and then he never took me out there. <laughs> never to DJ. He said, "I oh, know you're a bit too way out there for us now, bro." <laughs> what are you talking about? He said, "No, no, you got." Stuff. So I just watched it. And the video got released. Mm. Everyone else went out, and I was, so I just said, "Right, I'll go on my own then, mate." Mm. And I took my pal Baggy, and we went out there, and uh, that was it. Yeah, I got the bug in '93. First time I went to Ibiza, got the massive bug thinking, you know what, this nightclub world, this nightclub game, they're doing it the best out there. How can we bring that back to the UK? Was that the same feeling for you when you went out there, Danny? Nah. Um, I just <laughs> love them. No, not at all. I used to not? love going there. Ibiza was nothing to do with the start of Clockwork. What year did Clockwork start? Clockwork started in 93, but then we took Clockwork to Ibiza in 94. Okay. And then Ibiza was Ibiza, and then we brought that back at that time because then we had that experience of doing the parties there. But yeah. we never we never introduced um, Ibiza into, into into London before. Mm. And, uh, Basically, if you don't mind, I so I was me and Alex had been out in Ibiza. Yeah, we were mind, doing yeah. oh, well. Let's touch it. <laughs> so any, we was uh, we was at Faraday's doing residencies various around the island, and because yeah. we, we were the only actually DJs living there, we offered we got offered all the big clubs offered us a night this night this is why we end up partying all the time because yeah. we was working five on Tuesday Wednesday anyway so obviously I was doing clockwork back in England and I thought this works it's just ideal for and I spoke to his parody he said Claire you've got to get this slot out they're unbelievable they're smashing it in London they're absolutely killing it out here and they I, I sort of put them in touch they arranged everything they came out and that year it just went from there to there yeah. it, was, it was like 
that was like putting a match to learn yeah. petrol, mate. And did it excite you throwing parties and I'd be for Dan? <coughs> oh, I loved it. I was 22 then. 22 doing parties. S Paradise was my most favourite venue um, because I'd gone out there in 89 then done the 90, 91, 92, then 93. I was going to go back again for the summer. Mm. And then he said, let's, let's, let's take clockwork out there instead of going out for the summer. And I was like, mm, I don't think we're big enough. Anyway, we went out there, had the meeting, got the thing, he said, you can do the Wednesday. And I was like, wow, I'm 22, yeah. doing parties at S Paradise. Mm. How did this happen? Within like a year and a half. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, wow. Explain to the listeners out there or people watching what S Paradise was like. S Paradise was like one of the top venues. And, and, and now, even now, you walk in it and you go, Oh my God, it's like a Roman Colosseum in a club, which most people, some people do, but I don't think none of the kids do know today that none of the clubs had roofs on them yeah. in IB for yeah. until nine. They made them at the end of eight, in 89, they said, this is your last season. 1990, you've all got to have a roof on them and they put them all on. And that's, that is one, I've only got two regret, regrets. Missing the raves of 89, because yeah. I was too young and I weren't earning enough money. Yeah. And the second, <laughs> the second was going to an IB for nightclub with no roof on it. Yeah, they're, they're my only regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And what Paradise was just like. Wow. And what was the cap back then? What was the capacity roughly back then? Do you remember? Uh, the the capacity of West Paradise is nineteen hundred. Yeah, like they, they'd never hit that ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's their names? Who's your, who's your pal from Leeds? Oh, Tony Annan. Yeah, Tony Annan put um, two thousand. 100 something like that in 1995 yeah. and then 97 we put two and a half mm. and then 1998 every week we got it went oh. up until in the middle the height of the season we put 3,600 people oh fair play double the capacity yeah fair play that's like having 300 squeeze people vaseline room. the door frame squeeze Massively. them all in take it off now to get across the club just <laughs> yeah. go and see someone and, then, and, you yeah. the back. and also look, yeah for me i mean s paradise was and i think you said this before the most beautiful yeah of all the clubs because mm. it wasn't you know nightclubs typically I mean I, I was fortunate enough to see Amnesia with the roof off but as yeah. Paradise again it wasn't it, you walk in it was this was you'd think wow I'm in paradise yeah. that's what it's called I'm in paradise you know there were water parties and there yeah. was cushions around the dance floor that's all that. flowers and then you used to uh, it was it was like you were walking into a, a, a cocoon of, yeah. of loveliness yeah and uh beautiful club wasn't it yeah incredible mm. and like in comparison to the other big clubs on the island, like Coo, mm. and Coo's, you know, unique in its own way, mm. privilege. Amnesia, again, another wonderful. They're, they're all unique. Mm. There's nothing around the world similar to these because they, mm. people don't, I just don't think there was something about IB for which made these clubs yeah. the way they were. They were decorated in a way, they were built in a certain way. They were just, you know, it was, it was so organic. Yeah. So, special, weren't they? Did you ever go to the, uh, the outdoor club called Festival Club? You're talking about. You know, up in the, the derelict one at the moment, you go up into Ibiza. Oh, no, you're talking, it looks like the Colosseum. The Colosseum outdoors. No, the ball ring where Bob Marley did his yeah. last concert. Yeah, been yeah, up yeah. there. It's incredible. It's all the concrete oh, tables. Mate. It's an amazing, it's amazing. And you can feel the energy. Yeah, mate. Yeah, and there's yeah. no one there. It's derelict. You walk in there, you're like, my God, energy. It's all been graffitied up now. And what a waste of space. What a waste of space. Yeah, I'm surprised totally. no one's grabbed that and gone, you know what, let's chuck a couple of mil or whatever it needs to oh, turn I it into. I've been a party there and I was like, but imagine now, like health and safety. No, you wouldn't be nothing. But I mean, back in the day, we used to have parties in the quarries. Do you remember, like, the tribe? and the Italians we do parties in the quarries and we'd climb the, the we'd climb up the mountains on the side and have these parties which were you know down in little valleys MTV did a party in one yeah. of the quarries there which myself and Alex was on yeah. um, you know Clockwork did 
Well, I just smashed everything, everything really. What bad. was your what was your what was your involvement? What was your involvement on in MTV? Well, myself, we just pre we present uh, at that time. Myself and Alex, I mean, we were just uh, we were as busy, and we were asked to do an MTV tour, which involved Ibiza, and then obviously MTV were big. Uh, in in the music world, weren't they? So mm. for them, they were like the Radio One weekend before it came to Radio One weekend. So yeah. they did like this big MTV festival in the quarry, which went right off. I think at two thousand people, mm. which again back in them days was a lot of people. Yeah, not like now. Yeah, obviously, more than you know, two thousand. I think. What in that quarry? Oh, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. No one would know. Would but they? it was break, it was breaking yeah. all like records yeah. for people attending. Yeah, they cleared me out on the Wednesday. That's what I know. On the come well, they were competing that, that with was you. On Tuesday, I think. I come the okay. Wednesday, and we was dead. Oh, was really? it? Was it that, yeah, that way? Yeah, cleared it out. Was yeah. it? Yeah. So, what was your journey, Blocko? Your journey becoming a superstar DJ. How did that? How did that come about? I don't know. I don't think it's something. I don't think it, there was there was there one point you went. You know what? This is a turning point. I've actually. I've, I'm going to break the back of this. And no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think. I, to be honest, I don't think I ever thought I'd end up like that. And I've never looked at it being, as being like that. I always did it because I. I I suppose it happened, and I'm very grateful that it did happen, uh, in a way. It wasn't. It wasn't something I aspired to. It was something that just happened. So I don't. I, I think you know when people start going. When I started getting off TV stuff, and yeah. I was, you know, but don't forget, I was still out my nut most yeah. of the time until like '96. So actually, a lot of the stuff that I suppose you would call fame or, or, or success came after that when I finally stopped, you know, doing all the gear. Yeah. So at that time, we were just partying. And I think Dan, I'm not going to speak for him, but I think you know those those first years up to '96 for me when I stopped, but before that was just partying. I had no outside view of what was going on. We were just having fun and playing music and playing at the best clubs in the world, playing in space. You were grafting though, weren't you? Yeah, grafting, I suppose, but we didn't think it was great. Country. I wouldn't call it graft, I would call it having fun, because I never, yeah, you never sat fun. home you and go. You still at the same time. Yeah, of course, but I didn't know that then. I wouldn't say, I'll sit at the end and go, oh, is it? Or, or count me money and say, no, I'll put, no put that in the bank. It Spend was just like, chisel. we're cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we got the money, went straight over there. As we know, all the dough you brought in, it never got Did most of it go up your hooter? It didn't go brought in. It was just allocated. It was allocated. It was dedicated <laughs> before it came in. I just thought, right, can you send that there? You'll send that over there and I'll just give me what comes in the middle and I'll get rid of it. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no income or outgoing. What? There was no so, balance sheet. So let's, 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 roll back, let's roll back a little bit. There must have been a year. You're saying 93. You were going IB for 91, 92, 93. There must have been a year when you've gone... Me and Alex are on the on the, on this all the CDs. We're on the biggest clubs. So there must have been a period, uh, probably around ninety. Probably actually, do you know, probably on the back of Clockwork starting in our beef is when it all we did CDs and we got like, uh, yeah, probably after and then every see because what happened before that was, as I was saying, myself and Alex were the only people living on the island. Yeah, DJs, staying there for the whole summer for like six seven months. So, do you the only you're the original pioneers of staying there all summer? Well, Probably, probably, I mean, obviously, without without the Spanish DJ, yeah, obviously, but I, mean, lot, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there were resident people who were in bars, but we were like freelance, let's say. Yeah, so we were playing at Space uh, down to Alex, and then obviously, because um, on the back of Space being the club that it was, it was it was absolutely incredible, mm. and everyone went there. Mm. Literally, that, that, that was the place to go throughout yeah. the whole week, wherever you'd been, everywhere else, everyone would get there on a Sunday. And on the back of that, we got offered all these other gigs Amazing. for every other club on the island. So you know, from ninety. 
92, we were working every single night. That's to do with Alan Woman as well, though, isn't it? Well, that was well, but he yeah. then, but mad on Mondays, but then, you know, they, but I yeah, think but they, they the clubs themselves. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Who did that then, did he? Yeah, he'd done amnesia, he'd done coup, he'd done all of them. Well, I might have been that. Well, yeah, I mean, but so we were the, we were the go-tos, basically. So how many nights out are you working, grafting and partying? Ooh. Every night. <laughs> <laughs> every night. Literally, I may be having a Saturday night off, which you'd think was strange, but yeah. no, Saturday was, but... You probably need to have a sleep by then anyway. Yeah. Which we did, generally. <laughs> Saturday was a shit day, wasn't it? Saturday was the major changeover back in the day. Yeah, you're right, actually, because people flew yeah. in and flew yeah. out. So Saturday wasn't a great day to go out. So never do, was never, do a par- never do a party on a Saturday, but one year I went, fuck it, I'm going to do a Saturday. And it was terrible. <laughs> was it terrible? <laughs> yeah. Dan, and, and, and tell me through your world, you've been a promoter now for 30 years. In 92, 93, when you started doing it, did you find that you were more warm into IB for, or more warm into London for your parties? Um, no, I loved it. Was it was separate. I loved London and I loved Arbifa. It was simply was that, that was it. I loved I loved Arbifa. I'd fell in love with Arbifa in eighty nine, yeah. ninety when I went to Amnesia, um, ninety one, ninety two, blah blah blah, and, and they were the two. But it was Arbifa that made Clockwork. Yeah, because you were talking about earlier on going out in London and you had you had you you'd go out on a Wednesday and there'd be a launch or an awards yeah. or something, wouldn't you? And then Thursday night another thing there'd be like launching something. Then, yeah. Friday started, Saturday started, Sunday you could end up somewhere else. But um, it wasn't until, so we had a lot of London competition. Yeah. And it wasn't until we went to our brief <coughs> in 94 and we came back and then people were coming from Nottingham, from Leeds, from like Bournemouth, yeah. from yeah. Kent. Everybody started to, it It made it more nationwide yeah, okay. in the UK. Club okay. yeah. Tell me some of the clubs you were throwing parties in London that really spring to mind. You go, you know what, that was a banger. That's one of my favourites. Oh, the cross. Uh, Cross. Cross, yeah, that was, oh, that was the original yeah, Camden Palace when we done that. We, God, did, that. Yes. we did our first ever RB for reunion March nineteen ninety five at the Cross. Yeah, at the Cross. What was the cap there? Do you remember? Um, I think it. Well, now it's fourteen hundred. Yeah, fourteen to sixteen. I think most of our name was about two six. Two six. When I tell the new managers that now, they're yeah. like, what? Another nine hundred. You're off your nut. It was. It was rocking. One of my best memories, August 1998, me and Danny Newman, who owned Turnmills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Danny from Turnmills. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and I'm yeah. sitting in the DJ box. I'd flown back from my beef for it. I was literally here for like two days. And I remember sitting in the DJ box, can't remember who was playing, looking up. And I swear to you, the whole club yeah. was like rocking. And I looked at him and he went, yeah. it was special. Mm. That was a memory just like mm. that. Wow. Was that a Turnmills? No, that was at uh, Camden for Clockwork. Oh, like, Clockwork, yeah, Camden. And then the next morning, no sleep, jumped straight on a plane, went back, and as he said, you went to space. I yeah. Thought, I couldn't miss space. Yeah, I space was back. the daddy, wasn't it? I had to be back for space. Yeah. I was a bit gutted when space went, and they brought out the, the, the new one. Hi. Hi, yeah. I was totally... I mean, look, I, to be honest... I have so many... High's good, mate, to be fair. As you go I'm in, in. If, you, in. Oh, if you go in there, you go, fair enough, you can see why the younger generation would absolutely love this, but... I don't know if we're getting older, we reminisce about old stuff. I went into Hive, one, I've yeah. only been in once. I went in yeah, last year, I think it was actually last the um, Amnesia that night at the Clockwork, not the last year before. It was so crowded, mate. Yeah. I couldn't walk. And there was a, they used a toilet, the old space toilet, which used to be on the left. I got confused. With a DJ in there. Yeah, there's, it's called the Wild Room or whatever, but it's, it's, it was the old toilet. And yeah. the, the, the actual, if you push the doors, they're like concealed, you're yeah. in the bog and yeah. you're on the dance floor. Yeah. So I fell into one trying to get out. And I did, yeah, honestly, I was like walking down the wall like, and I was like, why? Well, I'm, I'm in the back of the door. I'm telling you. And I thought, God, this is just, I can't, I can't. Change, I, can't. Isn't it, yeah. I had to hold my hands up to get out of the place. Yeah. But, I mean, space was, 
space special. It was a, a, it's very special. It, yeah. it was a, a unique. That's the word I was going to say. Unique. Yeah. It was just unique. They were, look, it was the first ever after hour which was open during the day around the world. Mm. Those parties didn't exist. They weren't summit. They weren't a thing. Mm. So what what Alex and James created was an idea which worked and and, then, and there's a loop in the license right back mm. in back in them days it was called a cafe concerto license mm. which meant you could have food dancing and you could basically stay open you had to shut for an hour and this is why you could stay open at any time because they did no one knew that you'd have to shut for an hour you'd only mm. shut for an hour so everyone probably thought well we'll shut at six yeah. in the morning open again at night mm. whereas space shut in the morning inside in the morning had an hour gap where me and myself alex were on the terrace and then you'd open again because there was a loop in this license. So you mm. could open in the morning. And Pepe said, well, I'm going to open in the morning yeah. with Alex. And that said, here's our party. And then obviously everyone used to come. All the promoters used to come. And it was the, the pilgrimage yeah. every Sunday morning. Everybody yeah. went, didn't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone went. Everybody went. Mm. And what was your movements, Danny? What were your movements after that 94, 95? How did you start growing your brand over the last 30 years? Um, in the 90s, it was just, it was, it was the old way. You think when Clockwork started in 93, there was no internet. Yeah. There was no internet. You, you told that to kids mm. now, and they go, oh, what? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was no social media. Mm. It was posters and flyers and word of mouth and magazines mm. and... Um, and a big orange van. Yeah, the big orange van mm. in 97 and 98. Yeah, but um, it was just hard work, walking up and down the beaches and, and doing it. Proper graft, really. Graph. It was proper yeah. graft. But we, did, we didn't know any different, though. So it was no, okay. Because you're only, thinking... It's the only way you could do of it. Of course. If you, ever, if you know you're talking to them and getting flyers and chatting to people, you know they could be pay, paying people on the door. So it's worth marketing. the graft. It's yeah. marketing. Yeah. It's exactly how yeah. it is. It's I, think it's, I think it's going to come back round again. It's Social media is easy. I think so. Well, it's the personal touch. Yeah. This is the thing. And I, I, you're right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who say, like, look, vinyl. Let's yeah. say vinyl. Vinyl's coming back because there's, a, there's a, an emotional attachment to it. The whole thing about, you know... Uh, Just explain vinyl to the listeners, and listeners might not know what vinyl is. It's a black round thing. Yes. Like a frisbee. It's 12, yeah. in, 12 inches wide. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the chief. It's got, it's got a hole in the middle. <laughs> and it's got these groove and things. And it goes about 45 <laughs> miles per hour. You put a it's needle a, on it. <laughs> so basically, vinyl is a form of... Uh, music is made from vinyl... Um, uh, it's, a, it's the way it was an analogue way that music was played on decks you've all seen SL1200 the original uh, Technic decks and that's how it did but obviously more recently it's moved from module to digital which started with CDs now moves on to a memory stick because you can have a waveform mm. on your MP3 MP3 files let's say and play them through the, the new media which is available so anyway vinyl's making the comeback massively yep. which is um, it's a deeper sound than it it's a richer sound it's that crackle yeah, yeah. you get a crackle yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. kids won't get that though mm. see we grew up with that yep. and a crackle I think you associate that with good music yeah do you get what I mean well it's rare as well because yeah. you, you used to have to search high and low for like so you'd hear one you'd hear a DJ like so for instance and I'm just going to use Alfredo for an example and the, the Balearic sound let's say he would play uh, way out indie type music within the middle of a say a, a disco-y type set mm. right and and you'd go oh my god you get it because you're in that moment and mm. th there's a reason for that mm. he had a, an amazing talent to say right because like if you go back to your 80s growing up you're not just got a list of disco records you've mm. got a list of 80s pop yeah. 80s electro human league I mean you're just for you know pop yeah. pop bands who all made records you're like ah oh. and you listen to them now you go God, I yeah. love it yeah. I love it and even back then you could you'd have a secret guilty pleasure yeah, that's right. <laughs> do you like the human league go, no no no, no. <laughs> sister sledge mate all day Sister's long you know, <laughs> know. <laughs> underground jazz funk yeah. man but you, yeah. we all got a deep rooted you know um, affinity and mm. uh, you know emotional attachment to that mm. music um, 
So yeah, that vinyl, you search high and low mm. for that vinyl. You go find record the name first. And the name, yeah, because yeah. usually what you'd have is a yeah. record sleeve. All the DJs used to have had a habit of, they had this one, um, what would you call it? Just a, a practice at the time, mm. a habit of covering the record labels with, with white, Yep. Labels, so you can't see the name because mm. they want to keep it and mm. wrote fuck off on it. Mm. So everyone goes, Oh, I love this. What is it? And they go, And you go, Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Shazam it. That's yeah. the thing. You yeah, Shazam yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then, what is that? Shazam. Yes, There's a tune on, bang, yes, straight on your phone. It's like Spotify, isn't it? How did it change? How did it change for you guys with that whole music, especially self producing music, making music? How did that world change that you your money changed that you could create music and all of a sudden it's gone on Spotify and people aren't earning as much and they're getting 0.003p per track or whatever. I mean, for me personally, and I think, you know, the whole thing about technology is it, it's it's a slower learning process. I don't dive in like I used to when I was a kid and be able to learn like you lot do, mm. to be able to learn how to use this stuff. You get an idea of it, but, you know, the, the I think the most tedious thing was burning all my vinyl on the CD, mm. which you had to do one by one and you did that at a time. So now what's happened is as I say, you can get your playlist, you can get your, your music library. The good thing about it is you can tap into, you can get a hard drive that mm. holds 5,000 tunes. So you can go to a gig and you go, right, I know what's going to work now. And I know where it is. It's here. Yeah. Whereas if you go to your vinyl, you go, you've got, you got that many vinyls. You yeah, go and yeah, you search, yeah. you find it. But if, which, oh, I wish I'd bought that one. Because you used to, each week, remember, you used to go for your vinyl and dig out, I'll take that one, I'll take that yeah. one, I'll take that one, take that one. Because you can only take that many. Mm. And then you think, oh, fuck it. You were digging hard though, weren't you? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was playing. Like, I mean, look, I've, he's playing like. A, what's a your take? What's your take on Brandon when you were looking at the age of twenty-one, growing up through those years with him? How would you explain Brandon back in the day? <laughs> no, well, he was he was someone that we because we'd just come around. He was someone that I aspired to be like. Yeah, because it was like Blocko's this nutter who's yeah. just made it on the thing, and I'm like, well, I, I knew I was, yeah. and I was like, I want to be like that. Do you know what I mean? And that was it. So then, and then in our beef room, it was like. These guys and they're, and then that as in our beef when I was coming out, I was like, no, I want to take their crown. I aspired to be like yeah. that. It's as simple as it is. And then I said to people in like in um, in '98, uh, Ministry Mag done top ten numbers of the decade. Did and they? He, and him and Brandon come first. And I was so up. I was upset. I was third. You third? I was third. I was pissed off because I was like, I know I'm fucking mad. I know I'm mad. Why, why is nothing happening? I had cuts all over me, madness, was smashing my teeth in car crashes. I was like, I deserve, I'd gone. I'd, I would, the next year I'd actually gone. I deserve this. Started seeing fucking ghosts and all this shit. And I was like, I deserve it. Next year I got cane in the summer. I was like, fuck you. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what an accolade. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And my mate rang me up from England. He went, all right. I went, yeah, you went, uh, I think all right. I went, yeah, you went, sure. I went, yeah, you went, you're all over the magazines, like fucking top caner here, doing this, smashing things up, car crashes. I went, mate, this is the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Do you know what I mean? What was your lifestyle, Danny, would you say, <laughs> when you found Ibiza? Did it just speed everything up with the drugs and booze and everything that went with it? Um, the more success you had, the more opportunity you had to spend more money. Yeah. So, you know, if you'd, I've always said this, if I'd have carried on in construction or something like that, earning three, four hundred pound a week, I would have only had a limit to how much I bought unless I ticked it. Yeah. When you started earning more money, then you moved into like the half ounce ounce of gear. You was drinking every night and it was like bottles of champagne and, you know, um, and then just moved on. It, it allowed your tolerance 
to increase mm. greatly the more money you have. So you were out there roughly 91 onwards. What, what year do you reckon when you hit a point where you your peak of partying? Me personally? Yeah, you personally. Um, I think clockwork, we had the best year of our lives in 98. 99 I always describe as the last of the great IB for summers for yep. me. Yep. It's like a movie. Yep. Fucking car crashes, as I said, fighting with midgets, <laughs> arrested, this, that, the other, great parties, stuff you don't talk about. And then 2000 it went down. Yeah. And that that's when that's when like the, the beauty of it had gone. Mm. I carried on partying, mm. but that's when the beauty had gone, the success. Did you get yourself in any trouble out there in IB for the old Bill? Only um once for the car crash. What happened there? I um I arrived in ninety nine and it was it was literally as soon as you landed, it was it was that it was that when I'm going IB for I'm going IB for drink on a plane, drink on a plane. I've been on a plane with him. Graham Gold and some other people, which I never did, and they was all in the toilets, coming in and out of the toilets on the back of the plane once, and I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? Even I wouldn't do that on a plane. All kind of sitting like this. So I arrived in 99, and as soon as I arrived, it was like, and then someone picked me up, I remember going to San Anne, and it was just like 0 to 100. Yeah. So I remember grabbing loads of gear, I had like a pocket full of gear, like six fingers, drinking thing, and I was drinking neat vodka, and I thought, I'm gonna go back to the villa and just get smashed. I remember driving up this um, as Paradise little road that used to be outside. It was a two-way road, and then um, people diving out the way, knocking them with a wing mirror. And from as Paradise to where I had the car crash, I don't remember. So I went into blackout, yeah. and so I drove on automatic pilot for about six or seven miles, and then it was on a um, on the mountain road. It was only literally about two miles away from where we were. It was a hundred foot drop one side and I'd veered onto the left in blackout. All I can remember is a, the loudest crunch. I can still hear it in my head today. I come round. Where you are now, the guy was there in his van, the concertina in. He was out cold, smoke. Uh, I broke my teeth, um, dislocated my jaw. My hands went through the windscreen. I busted the steering wheel, buckled it with my chest and done all my chest in. The dashboard was in my legs. I remember coming round and the policeman was like, blow into this. And I had to blow into a breathalyzer. And this is what I love about the Spanish place. You just, you just don't mess about them. And he went, um, blow into this. As well like that, I'd split my lip in half. I was going like that. And I went, and he thought I was joking. So he'd give me a clump. About four times he tried to make me do it. Four times he knocked me out in a car crash. Then he decided to put, he went, because a lump in my pocket. I had a bottle of vodka on the, mm. um, on the uh, chair as well. He's lent in and he's gone, Where's this dog? What is this in Spanish? And I went, uh, and he just done me again six times. Yeah. That time I got nicked. That is it. That's the only time I got nicked. The other time they wanted to nick me when they found loads of stuff in my bedroom, went to the police station to hold my hands up because we'd been burgled mm. the night before. And um, there was no one in the police station. No one else going, hello. No one there. It's like, hello. What, they nicked you? No, no, took no. Took you to the station? No, no, we got burgled. Yep. I was in this paradise with a clockwork, yep. with Jeremy Ely and blah, blah, blah. I ended up taking him back to Pikes in the back of the van and driving at about 50 mile an hour and he just slinging him all <laughs> over the place. And um, when I went back in the morning, like, I had no sleep and Andy went, because we got burgled, the police came to assess it. They went into my bedroom and they went, yeah. 
I had a potpourri thing like that, and behind it was like a dust from about a thousand pills sitting about that deep. <laughs> we just went, went home and went like that, and they went, "Who's it, Andy? It's not mine. It's not, <laughs> it's not mine. It's Danny's bedroom." He went, "I want to speak to this Danny." So I went to old old up and say, "I didn't put it there. The burglars must have put yeah. it there." And the next week at S Paradise, they I didn't see him there. S Paradise, his cars turned up. There's like a thousand people in the queue, and I'm talking on the door, and these two police come out, and the window went down. And just look at me like that, and I went, Oh, fuck. <laughs> the security guard, Paco, who used to run the door, who I absolutely adore, I love that man. He's and he went, man. Give me a minute. And the thing is about Spanish people, yeah. they're all cousins, but are like, yeah. And as they drove off, and they just looked at me like that, and he went, Don't worry about it, it's all sorted. And I went, oh, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Never got caught. Amazing. Block though. Uh, how long we got? How long we got? <laughs> no, no, how no. Many, how many times you've been nicked in Ibiza? I've not. I, 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 t- no, no, do you know what? This is or how many times you've nearly been nicked no, in Ibiza? No, no. So it was once, <laughs> once, it's quite, I say, it's, we used to, we'd, we'd had this altercation with one of our hire cars, right? Mm. I think the people in it and the people driving it, I, we were driving it, we had an altercation. We did a Basel 40 on yeah. the main road between Santa and Alex. So we was, all of a sudden, we all had wigs on. We'd been out for the night. We all had wigs on. We we decided we, we'd have a, a thrashing of the car with all the the palm leaves. So there's t- six of us around this car on the in broad daylight, about 12, midday, on the road between San Anne and uh, and and, and Town, thrashing this car, right? And so the, the guardian turned up, who who knew us because back in the day they knew everyone, mm. and they said, right, Brandon, in the van. I went, no problem. My other mate went, don't get in the van. I went, they're all right. They're pals, come on. He went, no, no, come on. So he got in the car. We ended up in the station and they said, get your records out. I had to take my records because they thought, we're going to get him now. Mm. And they searched every single bit of vinyl. They took every bit out, two record boxes going to find some gear. Yeah, None there. They went, I went, they said, get in a cell. Mm-hmm. So I said, it's all me. And I was, I was, on, the, I was on the floor. I mean, he's going, pick me, please, nick me. It was me. I did everything wrong. He said, Brandon, fucking get out. Well, he kicked me up the arse. And then we, on the way out, we, there, there was some, they had some Dobermans, which were um, their guard dogs. But mm. we was, we was playing to them. Yeah. And they were, <laughs> get out, fucking, all the guard dogs were licking us everything. So that was my first, I actually go, I went to court in Spain. Someone yeah. denounced me, right? Denounced? It's like a, like a summons. A, 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 yeah, summons. Like an accident. You can, sorry, if you can, um, you can say to someone. Like, so uh, nightclubs get denounced yeah. when they get play music too loud, or you know, you could. It's, no, it's like a yeah. So um, this guy, I don't know if you remember, he's outside his paradise actually. Um, we we got into a fight, and uh, I say a fight. It was a running battle. We was all mm. drunk, so you know, he's falling all over the place, yeah. tripping up and hitting our heads yeah. on the curb. <laughs> <laughs> so some kids would try to stab me. Yeah, 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 and. Um, he, he then denounced me, right? He's trying to stab me and then denounce me. I mean, I had to go to court on this. It turns out he was a, you know, he was a homeless person and he was, they known to the court. But so I, I got arrested and I got taken to court. And for Ariel, remember Ariel? Ariel used to be the doorman at Space and he actually went out with uh, Sonic for a fair, mm. fair, fair time. Ah, Great guy. Remember Ariel? Yeah. 
Ariel did the same thing for me, advocated for me at the court. And actually, so I was in Spanish court and back in the day, I was like, wow, what do you want to do in here? You know, type thing. And, that, and, and that's what's scary you know. when you can't speak the language. Yeah, absolutely. And like, look, thank God I, you know, touched with, but I've, mm. I've never really done anything wrong in Ibiza. Which How, is, you say you haven't done anything wrong. What nutty moments have you done in your life in Ibiza? Like, Climbing from balcony to balcony in hotels. What else of stuff? That came with the territory, didn't it? Yeah, the madness, the norm. Yeah, I've jumped over. Can wall. you be arrested for madness in the sense of doing? Forget the arrested bit, but let's go into the madness bit. Stuff when you're off your off your nut and you've done stuff. I climbed. Well, I climbed to three stories up the the, the apartment block I was staying on the outside. So I, I scaled three balconies to knock on my mat the window because my pal, my pal was not answering the door to me because he didn't want to let me in so I had to climb up the outside to try and get risks. in through the balcony yeah. risks risks, risks. Yes. Like risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've jumped over risks. one wall with me and Alex had a tear up I've jumped over one wall I mean there was a big car park they built a ditch 35 foot ditch where the Cafe del Mar was remember the old car park out the side well they decided to excavate because they were going to build what's now the Cafe del Mar yeah. new bit but it was a hole it used to be a car park and like one week we went back and next week it's not it's a big 30 foot gap so I've dived over the wall and literally managed, there was a ledge. And Alex, they looked over the top like that. I was sitting on this ledge. I've literally jumped over and I was, for whatever reason, risks, and ended up sitting on the ledge. So, and I've jumped between two buildings, two apartment blocks on the space uh, on Pladia Bossa. And they was about six foot apart. So oh, hold on, you, you jumped between two buildings? Yes. Yeah. And ended up with the, doing that. And I had to hold on before, before they could run from the building we was all in to come round the other one to pull me up because I'd gone too far. They couldn't jump across to get it. This is like, it, it was just a normal, wasn't it? Was what about you, Dan? Uh, what, what sort of risks have you had at an IB fund? Well, listen, let me first say, this, this is not stuff you try at home. No, and no. Under the influence of fucking many, many Anyone different substances. Do not do this. Do not do this by any means. But, yeah. Dan, yeah, what so. about you, mate? Um... I don't know, really. It was just a, just a normal. So, like a normal night with. Uh, I've told. <laughs> Hold on, I love that. This is just the norm. No, okay. But I know. I hear you. What, what <laughs> it was is you got bored with doing normal, not normal, normal mad stuff. So it was like, what else are you going to do? So we did this um, in '97. <laughs> we got to, we was doing the Roma parties where we did this big procession through the streets of. Um, oh God, yeah, the, remember that? The security that. guard took us to a butcher's at the back of San Anne. And he went through and all that, and then he went through to the back bit, and he had these illegal fireworks. And these illegal fireworks were about that big. We called the governors about that big. They blow hole in anything. They probably blow hole in this table. Yeah. They were so they were explosives. Yeah. The geezer must have made them himself. If we used to go Sacapaya, nice restaurant. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> when you walked outside, like poppies, like um, like a SWAT squad. Yeah. Like that. Go boom. Yeah. You see the, the the waiters just come out and go. Fucking girl, all smoke. People in their dinner, people in the dinner. Or oh, mambos. I got banned from mambos. They said that's it, no more. Fuck. <laughs> Threw in the bar. Geezers come out, six of them, all the waiters with baseball bats. Yeah, I went. It was me. He went. For fuck's sake. Avi come out. Went. That's it. Banned for life. I used to have to sit on the wall. Opposite. So he banned you from mambos. He banned me from mambos for life. Yeah, Did I had they? to sit on the wall opposite while everyone else was inside, and then people would bring me out a drink. Don't bring him drinks. Like don't feed the mambos. Yeah. We didn't have the keys. I remember being drunk one night, didn't have no keys, and these boys were winding me up. So I remember like that. And then we got to the uh, the villa. So I was like, I ain't got no keys. So I punched the bathroom window through. And I sliced my arm down here. I cut it. And if it had gone that way, yeah. I'd have been See dead. Later. Woke yeah. up in bed. Woke up off my head. And I was like, Phew. turns out they've been blowing gear up my nose while I was asleep. I went downstairs. Everyone's on it. And I went, where's my bag? This is my first night in Ibiza. Where's my bag? They went, it's in the pool. 
It's like four o'clock in the morning, the pool's all still. My bag's in the bottom of the pool. Oh, you fuckers. Dived in and got it, bring my bag out. Bag's full of rocks. All my clothes are hanging in the wardrobe. I'm like, oh, I'm dripping wet. So they're all sitting in the living room, like one gram of gear between about eight of them. I'm like, oh, you're so out of order. They're <laughs> <laughs> a fucking teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going, yeah, four o'clock in the morning, dripping wet, all this blood all over me, arm cut. Yeah, and then I'm like, are we going to get any more? They're all going, we're going to bed now. Yeah. How would you exp- How do you think your mate, your mates would explain your behaviour at your peak? Um, you got you got a multitude. You got annoying, crazy. Um, it 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 was it was drink. I was I was outlandish mad anyway. But you put as soon as I had this <coughs> drink, it just went like that. Yeah, it was like you turned it on, just like bosh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or a line of gear or something. It's like bosh. Yeah. It magnified whatever now people probably look at as mental health issues. Yeah. It just set it on fire. Mm. Literally set it on fire. Mm. He's a nice guy, that Danny Gold, but he can turn into an arsehole when he's yeah. had a drink. I'm sure you've probably led that where, you know, you say the wrong thing or yeah. you're horrible to people or or just like you turn around and like you're, like you're smashing something or blowing something up or something. It was just, I had no control over it. It just went, ah, like where, where do you think that come from? Has that come from anything from being a child or big growing up? Did you have like a normal, nice mum and dad, nice calm family? Was it dad, a ma- My mum was an alcoholic. We lived in like nigh on poverty. Do you know what I mean? It was, um, yeah, where the food's going to come from. Where's yeah. your mum? She ain't come home. Yeah. Getting drunk at eight, you know. I was telling someone the other day, my mum used to leave me in, in our block of flats as well. My mum wasn't one of them. She got given a flat. It was a two-bedroom block Where, of where are we talking here? Chapel Leaf in, Chabble, in okay. And then they used to send, in them days, what they called like the mental home. They used to send the people from the mental home to this block of flats. It was uh, three stories, two on each side, 12, block, 12, 12 flats. Um, you had a lady called Sandra used to cut herself and you hear her screaming in the night. So then she'd be going in and out of hospital. Recluse called John, whose curtains, you know, like recluses where it was all yeah. black. Everything was black through dirt and whatever. Mm. My mum used to leave me in a flat with this hunchback geezer downstairs and um, the recluse John. He'd wander down in his slippers and his dressing gown and she'd just leave me in there all day long. Like listening to like Charge and Light Brigade on headphones like this. My Honestly. God. So, wow. you know, different world. Yeah. Different world. And mm. that's where you come from. Like mm. the 70s and the 80s. Trying to explain what kids are going through like now in the seventies and the eighties. Free for all, wasn't it? Different, different yeah. world. Yeah, I hear you. Different world. I hear you. Punks on every street and well, because it it wasn't. You just didn't know about it, did you? Because it wasn't out there. You know those little pockets of. Well, I mean, I've, I've never heard that before, but that's quite um, quite profound. Sort of growing up, I've, I've never knew that, mate. But. Um, no, but it's true. But it's, it, it, no, you, yeah, it made but, you a survivor. Yeah. See, we we didn't have nothing, right? So my clothes are second hand. Yeah. yeah. If when you had food, so like sometimes it was um, dry spaghetti. If your mum weren't there and she was out and she was doing whatever she was doing for the day, I'd eat dry spaghetti. Or if it was in the summer, you'd go and eat apples mm. or you'd nick milk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it made me a survivor. It made you creative. That's the difference. It's, I don't look at it and go, oh, poor me. Never have I ever done that. Yeah. That made me a survivor. Yeah. If I want to drink something and there's a bottle of orange juice because the posh people down the road have used to get it delivered in the morning, I'm fucking having that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm having that. Or you go through the allotments and nick stuff like that. Mm. Or then you went into like fever. I used to go into like supermarkets and all that and mm. steal stuff and fucking it was like a scene out of a train spot in like the beginning where you ran down the street and fat gays up, <laughs> sweating. 
Fuck off. And all the pens, Mr. Nick, all the pens. And throw like, all the marker pens. You throw yeah. them in the air. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> I went into, uh, you brought back a memory, I went into a 7-Eleven. And it's like that addiction. So I used to go in there and have a couple of Yorkies and then feet you're getting away with it. You know, I come back and I get 10. And I thought, fucking hell. So I went in there once and I just, I remember like putting the thing around my arms like that. And I was just going in there and I was going along, I was getting all the star bars and Kit Kats. It was fucking four and five like this. <laughs> I just go outside the kids went, excuse me, and I went, ah, and they all just went like that. Because it was like, I was just falling, falling like a fountain on the floor. And the kids were like, and I went, ah. I remember running across the road, busy road. Yeah. And as I run across, as I run that way, car missed me that way. As I run that way, car oh. missed me that way. I, I, within a second. Mm. You're talking about how we got away with things. I think sometimes they are guardian angels. That's another Absolutely. story. I ran, I didn't stop, and I didn't go back at everything at 7 Eleven again. Mm. Taught me from that moment on, I, d- I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't do it after that. Block though, yourself, mate, growing up, what was it like, your life like growing up as a kid? Uh, I've, hearing Danny's story then, I mean, my, my, mine wasn't similar in that way. Uh, um, but I mean, I look, my, my parents divorced at a time for me when, which obviously was my traumatic. Mm. I mean, I found it traumatic, whatever it was. How old were you, roughly? 10, 11, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I was, I was, I was bullied at school and, yeah. and, and so I, I made my nutter mm. to protect myself, yeah. to make sure that I didn't get bullied anymore. So I became like, you in, in with the cool, you know? yeah, I went in, in with the cool kids basically. Yeah, well, yeah, nut- yeah, okay. I was fortunate enough to, to get taken by the cool yeah. kids because I, I, I was, I love my music. So mm. I always love my music. So I got taken into the lunchtime disco. Uh, yeah, we were allowed lunchtime mm. discos back then, so it was like in a, a house room, um, and you know, we'd, I'd learn how to dance mm. in there with all the all the big lads, and mm. you know, like do robotics and and jazz dancing. Mm. So that was my protector, let's say. And then moving forward, obviously, uh, we found a bottle of Thunderbird at the age of thirteen, and mm. thought, oh, I have some of this, and necked a bottle of Thunderbird, and there was no looking back, mm. and then carried on. Then fags. Mm. At like 12 or 13 because obviously mum and dad are, uh, are arguing all the time and it, it wasn't long till they separated but that, so that was my sort of rebellion as such um i mean I, I, i've said this the other day someone asked me about this. i don't remember a lot about my childhood as mm. such i love loads do you remember loads yeah, yeah, i don't I remember, remember i don't i, I remember think, my first day at primary school when i was four no 47 years i think ago. i think mm. i think but i can't remember your mind like, sometimes got here today your mind sometimes blacks <laughs> out somebody what's, what's that <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you please so daddy was talking about getting banned from clubs and being mad things did you get banned from clubs and yeah, stuff? Yeah, of course. I Go got on. banned from a couple from, you know, in between sets. I was caught in the toilet a couple of times and asked to leave by the bouncers with my records playing. I said, I've got to really, no, you're out. And that was it. Is that right? Yeah. So Whereabouts? <laughs> that was up in uh, Burnley, I think. Was it? Yeah. Got thrown out between sets. And what about your lifestyle in Ibiza? How, how did that affect how you are when you gave up drugs and drink and stuff. When you look back now to explain to the listener or the viewer, this was my lifestyle for that period of time. How would you explain that? Christ. I mean, look, uh, I was talking to Danny about this earlier. So the, the amount of drugs I took, right, had a really detrimental effect on my mental health, right? It's stimulant and it really screws you up, especially when taking that much. I was, I was saying to him, I was functioning. I was a functioning cocaine addict, right? Which meant I wasn't, Doing all this when I was taking it, it was it was norm. So I could look. I wouldn't necessarily look 
and I'd had more gear than you could ever probably imagine having in a day and I was all right with it so I was used to it but um what it did leave me with was like a a, a war in my head like so when I stopped it was like a bomb going off yeah. all the time and the anxiety and the fear was unsummit I can't even describe how bad it was I was sitting in a room like this for days on end waiting for these 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 panic attacks to go away and then eventually I'd have like one day and we'd go I'd have a deep breath because it'd leave me and then literally like the day later boom full on again and I'd be like that for another and it was only it wasn't like I had a light bulb moment go yeah I'm out I'm free it was never like that right, it was okay. like slow painful process of like like so maybe I'd get two days in a week's time then I'd maybe get three days in two weeks you know what I mean so slowly yeah. you get your mind comes back um so I, I mean, it was. I would never recommend. I would never suggest that anyone goes down that road. And if you, if you, I'm going to say this now. If you ever have, find yourself in that trouble, reach out and get some help because yeah. it's not a good place. Yeah. Um. But my, but I, I look. It wasn't about. It was never about. I don't think for me, it was, the drugs were, uh, what's that? Incidental. They were there because they they heightened the moment. Didn't mean I didn't love my music. I always loved my music, and I'd always been passionate about my music. So <clears throat> when when you first go into a, a detox or something, they say, right, you've got to look at your life. It's not like you go, what? You've got to look at my life. What do you mean? Well, you, you've got to change your life. You mm. know, you can't just carry on like this. I go, well, I want to carry on like this. I just won't take drugs. Mm. Well, it's not really going to work like that. So all this information comes and you go, really? And you've got to look at here and you've got to look at here and you've mm. got to look all this other stuff that you just think is going to be all right once you stop taking drugs. But it's not. No. It's not at all. It's the beginning of your, your sort of your life journey. But I wasn't going to stop playing music. I wasn't going to stop going to Ibiza because, you know, I loved it. And I knew that deep under all this fear and anxiety, I could still do what I did. And I just went back and I didn't drink or take drugs. And How much gear could you get through in a day at your peak, do you think? Uh, well, the last lot of use it was approximately, I say this, I'm just thinking about my routine. Because yeah. I remember I used to go and pick up certain amounts at certain times a day. And yeah. that was my whole routine. Around 28-ish, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a 28. lot. 28? Yeah. About, yeah, no, I'm just thinking about 28 amounts. what? Grams. A day? Yeah. You are joking me. No, that was it. Mean, that was when I was my last bit of my, before I went into the, the clinic. And it was terrible. It was horrendous. It was an existence. 28 grams of cocaine. Oh, Jesus a, Christ, I'm averaging Blogo. out, mate. Yeah. It wasn't like... Average, <laughs> if that's an average, I want to know what the, the well, most it, well, was. Right? It was three and a half for breakfast, three and a half for mid-morning brunch. Because you think the tolerances you know, are going up. Yeah, that's my problem. You, yeah. you're, you're stretching your yeah. tolerance. Yeah. My constitution was... Yeah. Yeah, he stretched it. And then mine was huge. My con my constitution was like mental. And like, so when I first, when I went into the clinic and I stopped and I came out, I, 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 I drunk, I carried on drinking. And I drunk for three days without, I could do that because my tolerance was down, you know, I could, and my constitution. And then my, my psychiatrist, who was my mentor to this day, mm. and he's like the head psychiatrist at the Priory. Um, he was, you know, the most prolific uh, authority on cocaine addiction back in the days. Yeah. And he's still my mentor to this day, and I love him the bits. He saved my life. But his name? Dr. William Shanahan. Big shout that. out to him. Big shout out to, yeah. him, to Bill. Um, I still keep in touch with him and yeah. he refers people to me now because yeah. he's, you know, he says, I want you to, can you help this person? Blah, blah, blah. But he said, you've started substituting, it's called. So I've I started taking alcohol to replace the cocaine, yeah. but drinking more. But did not, did not alcohol give you the trigger to say, well, I want to have a line? No, it didn't work like that for me. No, I think okay. it, it does create another drug in your brain called cocoethylene, yeah. which, which is why people say when you're in the pub, you go, call it on. Yeah. Let's have a pint, call it on. Yeah. It, 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 although it may did, I, my decision, I was saying, Dan, my decision was so powerful about 
whether I was going to continue doing this or not. It just it, it, it sort of broke the it broke the neural pathway. If that makes sense. Yeah. Which was powerful to do that back then. It, it broke that one, yeah. severed it, yeah. and, and I'm very grateful to you. Is I, that what year? What year are we talking when you severed it? Ninety six. Ninety six. So, what year you've been banging gear for? Have from well, what so year? Eighty eight. I started, and I don't think there was. A, I think from night. So let's say from nineteen eighty nine, there wasn't one day I had missed having drugs in, in eight years. Wow. Or seven years. Wow. Not one day. Wow. I got on the mic ones at Camden on New Year's Eve, and I went. Blocko's giving up the gear. Oh, yes, that, that was that ninety six. No, no one said nothing. Because they're like, I'm like, Blocko's giving up the gear. Like, what? <laughs> it was like a bit fucked all. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm so proud. He's giving up the gear. Two thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I give him that. Yeah, yeah. Sort yourself out. Give up again tomorrow, son. But honestly, people just didn't believe it. It wasn't something. That was not in the realm of thinking. Yeah, okay. You were the first, weren't you? So if you, so, so you're leading the way as a pioneer, going, you know, I've smashed it harder than anyone else. You're not far behind him. No, I'm years behind him. Years yes. behind him, but probably not far. But that, but you get the '96. Is that the last time you had a line of cocaine? I had a, a what's known as a slip, and a month later, because uh, I, look, I, people who know will know that you have triggers, things that trigger mm. you. Yeah. I was six months. Yeah. I so had, I had, yeah. um, I went to a gig, and I look, I'd stopped, and I, I was still in. I was still, my fingers felt like. It, it was horrible. So give me give me an example. When you stopped, and you're like, well, I'm done, I'm stopped, and you said you had a month off, what was that feeling like every single day? You clutching, thinking, I need to go and get some more. What was the no, feeling no, going no. through? No, 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 forgotten the gear, but what I was dealing with now is my personal anxiety, yeah. fear, yeah. but so, so powerful that I was sitting in the corner like this, going, yeah. and that's what I was doing. I was, I went to 12-step uh, recovery for like three months. I did the, the prescribed. Did you do the whole 12 steps? Did you finish no, it? No, 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 because for me at that time, my mind was so, I couldn't listen to anything else. Yeah. I couldn't hear anything else. I couldn't even listen to what people were saying because I was so consumed in this pain. It was like, I just need to be in a room going through this stuff, which I did. And I sat on my own for a lot of time in this, like this. And it took yeah. me months and months and months. And you know, I'm grateful for my first experience of that, but I took a different journey and that's all it was. Mm. And you know, I know to this day and I advocate for it because I, I teach people that's where they got to go because mm. it's, it's there, it's free and everyone's, on the same journey yeah. and they understand but you know back then <coughs> anyway look there was no information yeah, there was nothing there was nothing there's no you, internet you, no one to check were, up yeah you can't go on the ship yeah hey i've stopped eating drugs yeah. you shouldn't be fucking taking them anyway yeah you know, it's like <laughs> it's true isn't it yeah, so, yeah. So, so there was no information about how you stop mm. there was no information about how you stay stop what was no the point when you said i have to stop why was that there must have been a trigger point so you, go, and you was, know what again i was saying again i was really ill I'm physically ill i had tb i had hepatitis i was i was dying anyway literally I was so you were dying out. around that what how old were you roughly in 96 was well, 96 96 uh, 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 20, uh, uh, two years older than you so about what 20 29 okay and you've caned exactly. it from 21 to 29. Yeah, till 29. Okay. So 29 I was. I think 29 is that Can't have been 29 in 96. I was 20, 24 in 96. So what was you like, must 26? You must be 26. You were about 26 years old. You weren't that old. So, 26, so 18, 18 to 26 you caned it? Yeah, basically. Okay, so, okay. so 26. And uh, what drugs you caned it? Can't have just been everything. all cocaine? Everything. everything. Give me an example. XC, acid, cocaine, uh, speed occasionally, boozing, all the normal stuff. Yeah. I didn't smoke a lot of weed because it, it, it had the adverse effect on me. I wasn't, I wasn't a down. Okay. I couldn't do that. That actually gave me more paranoia than everything else I took. Yeah. So 
I'm so thankful in one way mm. that there was one drug I didn't get, mm. you know, involved What about with. you, Dan? What was your what was your addiction like? How many years was it until you hit a point and go, I've got to stop? Um, as I said earlier on, I got drunk when I was eight in the school parties. Then I started doing the um, the aerosols, yeah. sitting in your bedroom like that. I remember sitting there once, like totally off me a tripping in the bedroom. Like I was at school, I was about 12 or 13, and my mum going, dinner's ready. And I went, oh no, my brother was born. So um, I must have been about 15. And she went, didn't it? Because she got sober by then. Yeah. She got sober when I was 13. And then she went, dinner's ready. I remember sitting there dribbling in my bedroom going, fuck, I'm going to get away with this. Do you know what I mean? And then drink and then drugs. But then as you're... As you're earning that, you're only able to take that. Oh, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll get a pill each. Yeah. Then, you know, you're ducking and diving. So you've got 10 pills and then you start dipping into them and doing more. Then you just go, remember this geezer once you went, why are you boys messing around with pills? You went, <coughs> you should be getting on the gear. So much better. Cocaine never agreed with me. Mm. Never agreed with me. But from the start, as soon as I did it, I was addicted because I wanted more. I chased it more. I wanted more. As I said, someone sent me a message earlier on. I said, well, cocaine is basically the definition of insanity because you keep doing it and expecting different results. Yeah. Think it's going to get better. Yeah. It's going to do this. It's nothing like the movies. Doesn't make you better looking, doesn't it? Confidence, creative. was never that for me. Yeah. It made me, took the extrovert and made me in, like majorly introvert. Really? Yeah, I'd go and fucking sit in a cupboard on my own for nine hours in the dark, lock me in, bag of gear, 40 degree eight, didn't give a shit. As long as it's me and my gear... That was it. Wow. And it when when it got to when I was doing more and more and more, the more gig, you, what it basically was is I remember sitting there and I used, to be, I used to be so paranoid in my flat upstairs, I'd sit in the dark and I'd hold my breath because I thought people outside could hear me. And you're talking like outside in a flat yeah. on a road. And I sit there and go, because <gasps> I thought they could hear me. Mm. And I used to crawl around on the floor on my hands and knees to go to the bathroom in case anybody could see a shadow. I'd go to the toilet. I'd go to the toilet like a cat. I'd stand there like, you know, like you're paranoid and like you're looking out the window and the thing's in, I'm like, oh, fucking hell, fuck yeah. it. And then it wouldn't work, so I'm going to piss. So now I'm going back like before I've got to piss and I'm sitting down. I remember sitting with this half ounce of gear like that. Thing is going to last forever, but it don't. Eventually it's going away and it's going away and it's going away. And I remember I used to sit there and I sit there. I used to do a gram in one hit. So I just sit there and just did all of a sudden like I just sit there and go, oh, and I can feel it just almost like you're shaking like that. I go fucking hell like like a proper it an addict's like punch, mm. and thinking if I die now I'm gonna die happy. That's exactly, is that what you were that, thinking? That's exactly how I used to think. If I die now I die happy. Seven eight hours later or twenty four hours when it's in the dark again I'm going through the carpet looking for the little white bits because it's all gone going. I'll go like that. That's fucking Ajax. Fuck, <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? It's like dust from the floor. Yeah. Or shit off something or someone's shoe. Do you know what I mean? And I couldn't talk. Like, trying to get some more gear. Before it's like when no texting. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? I couldn't talk. Oh, mate, horrible. Mate, that is horrible. Go on, go on, go on. The same was one thing. I, I was very fortunate. I mean, I did the, the, the same thing with the carpet. How much did you get up there? But I'd gone to the crack at one point, right? Mm. And I had an awakening moment with crack. And I remember that this is, I was so pleased because at that time, anything would do, you know, row hypnols, anything to go to sleep, diazy pans, anything to get older, up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, I remember sitting around my house once with a few of my pals and we'd started on the, the crack and I'd been washing it at home and I had pipes and all sorts under my bed. And I would do that every night, I'd come home to, to I don't know, to, 
try to mic me. I'm saying, oh, you'll come down with this <laughs> radio. So I'm like, hey! And then it's the worst thing ever, everyone, don't forget. Anyway, so I'm sitting there watching this pipe go round circle and I'm sitting there thinking, there's a bit, he's missed a bit. I'm gonna guess coming around to me. That's gonna come around to me. And I'm yeah. thinking about it. And it's watching the pipe burn and there's a rock mist. I'm going, oh, I'm gonna get a little bit of rock extra. And I thought, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah. And it's my, my, my brain went, this is the worst ever. Mm. I never touched it again. Mm. And that was in the in the grips of it. And I carried on with the other thing, but just that. And I got rid of the pipes. And I thought, fuck, so, that was out of control. That was like, what mate? What what's the difference between cocaine and crack? It's just a, it's a, it's 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 called freebase, isn't it? It's basically um, washed up cocaine. It's not um, it, the high is pretty high. Yeah, it's it's real sort of uh, way out there high. But the come down's terrible. The the the, the behaviour around it is terrible. Mm. People do the worst things to get it. Mm. It's like you know it, I can't. Thankfully, Touchwood. I didn't get into it as I mean I, I used it for about three or six months, three or, yeah. three or four months, and then I think I stopped that mm. night. Thank God. But again, it's something that's really frightening and very dangerous, and you know there's a lot of health complications. People take risks with, and, and there's, look, and we know about things called bloodborne viruses now, mm. which is like some of the work I do. You can pass Hep C. So you know when you get a note and you sniff a, a bit of gear and it's a brand new note, you can get blood. On the end of the note, I'm sure you've all seen it. If you just thought, oh, f mm. stuck it up your nose. Yeah, on the end of a new yeah. note, it's got someone else's blood on it. You can put that into your bloodstream mm. and transfer bloodborne viruses. So there are a lot of risks, and also there's a thing called crack lung, which means I don't know if you've know if you've ever watched, if you've ever you know done that with cocaine, it, it reforms itself. It washes out all the, the purities and it reforms as a rock, right? As a crack rock, and it makes that sound. That's what I call it. That, but. What it does is when you when you burn it, it breaks up into particles. But then what it does is once you inhale it, it can get your lungs, it reforms. Right. So it comes back to the rock again. Right. So if you imagine doing that a lot, your your lungs get covered in these crystals, which then makes it impossible to breathe. It's really dangerous. I hasten to add, if you're struggling with that, get help. There's yeah. loads of help out there. But yeah, it's it was that's that awareness I was yeah. like wow I, I, I think to myself this day I remember that moment and I said Christ that is so out of my control mm. I do not want what, to do you, remember, do you remember the time when you first tried crack I didn't do it I used to smoke cocaine and things yeah, like that I did enjoy it, it. I, when did I first smoke crack I think uh, uh, what made you go to crack did someone say this is even better buzz I think at the time we would just you know you'd just try anything yeah um, and chasing that, a bigger high yeah it? that's it mm. basically chasing a bigger high and that's all it was it was like uh, it wasn't for any other reason than mm. just try this and yeah it works and, Dan uh, how old were you when you said well I need to stop um, how, I'm, many, how many years clean are you today I'm 20 20 years clean 20 mate, years clean mate. that's amazing well, don't don't well 20 respect. years and as he said like, what, going back onto that one six months into sobriety and then I it was the, the triggers of the emotional stuff the insecurity the jealousy the fear, the resentment. I went and sat there. Everyone was drinking. I'd done the gear and I went, why'd I do that? Why'd mm. I do it? But I needed to do that to find out. Mm. Um, that was after six months and then ever since after that, but I never picked up a drink ever since. So 19 and a half years, maybe the cocaine, if you consider a lot one line, which is, which is. But um, I was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing yeah. and never once did I think I want to give up. I did on the millennium come back from a clockwork in Ireland which was terrible. 
and I was fuming. I was 18 and a half stone. I'm 14 and a half stone. You, ate, you blown up, did you? I was 18 and a half stone. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was 18 and a half stone. I was, I was like, you know, I thought I was taller then because I'm shrinking now, but I was, um, I was, I was, I was bloated. I was 18 fat. and a half, 18 wow. 18 and a half stone. Wow, well, I didn't know and, that. Um, <coughs> my brain went like that. I'm start running, I'm gonna get fit. Within, I stopped drinking. That was the only time I managed to stop drinking for a period of time. I stopped for the whole of January. I lost two stone yeah. in January. Started running, proper addictive behaviour. Then I went on to do marathons. I'd done mm. five marathons all in a row. Three of them when I was still on it. Mm. Um, I could take some mad stories about that. Like Did going you? Out yeah, going out all night and then like literally in the morning going and running twelve miles. Amazing. But then running up the hill because I had the ump telling out, shouting out at six o'clock in the morning in the middle of winter, going like no sleep, going. I'm just like mental. But I was pushing myself, pushing myself, and pushing myself, and drinking. It was only at the end yeah. that a guy I live with, a guy called Flumpy, remember putting his head round the door on a Monday. I had all these different joints all over the table, like a couple of bottles of wine. I was like, I've got enough for the off license shut. And if he just went, he went, go to bed now, kid. And I went, and he went, oh, you're an alcoholic. Fucking cheek. How dare he talk to me like that? It wasn't long after that, it stopped. But if it wouldn't... Right, so my one was, and then I went to IB for a clockwork had finished. What year are we talking roughly? Uh, this is 2003. Three, okay. Done some mad <coughs> stuff in IB for, swore to the girlfriend I was with that I wasn't going to drink anymore because I was in that restaurant, the one I said I threw the air bomb in yeah. earlier on, um, Sacapaya. I was drinking nice red wine didn't have no money, I was skint at the time. Drinking red wine, but where alcohol used to, say like you was like that and alcohol would make you like, going to mm. the green and make you like, mm. oh, happy mm. and relax you. And as they say, it, it, it rounded off the square edges. Mm. And it just went like that, went into the black. From, I was drinking, whoa, what's going on here? So I thought, I've got to drink another one. I drank another one and it went even worse. Yeah. And I knew, yeah. I knew my drinking was over. After that night, I spoke to my mum. I borrowed someone's phone because I was skin. I didn't have no credit. And I rang her and she said, well, you know what you got to do. It was the first time she said to me, she said she was in England and she went, because she was sober, did it by this time, whatever. And she went, can you feel my arms around you? And I'm fucking crying. It was outside Kenya and up, up on the rocks. I'm going, oh, man, please. Come back, went to V Festival. Same thing again, what we talked about earlier on when I said on the mic, look, I was giving up the gear. <laughs> And I walked in, all my mates are there, and I went, I'm not going to get on it anymore. And they were like, hey, they don't care. Yeah. It's not their business. And I pressed the fuck it button because everyone was enjoying themselves. And I was, I felt I was in the wrong environment. Went, get me fucking shots. Give me some bugle. Give me some pills. Give me some mm. weed. Who's got this? Who's got that? <laughs> and it just went, um, where I'd already changed. It pushed me so, my brain, not like a headache, the pain was so incredible, I thought it was going to split open. Yeah. I actually felt like it, someone was, if you'd have hit it, it was going to be hit with a, with a machete and like a, like a melon and split open. Yeah. That was a pain I was in. Got home from there that night, went to an after party, played up at the after party, woke up the next morning, went like that and went, oh, I know, I could feel it. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's done finished it just gone that was it and from that moment on i've not done it ever since that's amazing but what like i said mm. is the hardest journey for me was the aa 
Yeah. I went to AA, <coughs> I fell in love with AA. Oh, you fell in love with it? Oh, well, that's it. nice to hear. Oh, I love yeah. it. Because a lot of people it. can fight it, you know? No, Did I you manage AA. to do the whole 12-step program? Yeah, I messed about with this and that. And Have you completed before. a 12-step program no. today? No, okay. No, no. but I, I, I went, AA became my going out. Yep. Went there on this Saturday night, met all these people. This geezer's saying about how he'd done this. This geezer said this. This lady sat here. The light went on. The, the light went on and I went, oh my fucking God. These are the people I need to be with. Yeah. I have found my tribe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I've done AA for eight years. Seminars, retreats, meetings, T-boy, secretary. Open up, close. Brilliant. Run people, took them. And, and, were you and a sponsor, sponsor of people? Uh, people used to Help say to people. me, will you be my sponsor? And I say, like, I'll be your friend, but yeah. I won't be your sponsor. Yeah, Whoever okay. you need to ring. This is the artist of the tough yeah. one. This guy's now passed away. He's called Farmer Dave, and I used to love him. I used to call him mad. He was mad. That's mm. what I loved about him. I just, what he used to share, it was incredible. So just for example, here, anyone who's never been to an AA meeting, an NA meeting, CA, whatever it is, can you give the listener an example of what it actually is when you walk in there? It's, uh, it's like a... Well, I mean, look, I was going to say... Um, uh, as I said the reason I didn't continue was because my brain wasn't ready to mm. accept anything mm. I couldn't listen to anything I couldn't hear anything I needed to get calm before I could actually take anything on board I advocate all that stuff now so basically what it is is it's a it's a comfort blanket it's somewhere this is my my interpretation it's somewhere you walk in there's no judgement you don't feel different you just go because oh, because as soon as someone starts speaking someone comes over, over you and says all right yeah are you all right you're all right sit down have a cup of tea and you go oh pace it like this is does this really exist yeah <coughs> and theoretically what happens after that is you make friends and yeah. you you know you sure. get asked to become a, and yeah. then you can say stuff you, you talk about stuff which is going on for you and that's where the support network is what you need mm. don't forget you've stopped you've stopped a life when you stop doing that, you've stopped a life. You do you know, have to do you, know you say you, you, you stopped and stuff? Before you stopped, did you have the fear of not being fun? You know what I mean? When you, you, do always when that, you stop, there's yeah? always that. Yeah, when you, you stop, do. you do. Yeah, well, thinking, what am I going to do now? Yeah. But, but then you realise. Did you have that feeling? Yeah, of course I did. Did yeah. you have that feeling like you knew you were. How many years do you reckon you knew you wanted to stop, but you didn't want to stop because you didn't think you were going to have any more fun oh, no, again? No, I never thought I was going to stop. Really? Yeah, no, I had that feeling after. Okay. Oh, I'm going to be boring now. And then you start, start realising that life ain't all about clubs. Yeah. And then I started taking to my, my grandmother to like the Albert Hall to Shostakovich, present Shostakovich, or the um, the British, when they do all the um, Second World War planes, yeah. I was taking her there, or doing this. I started living life. Yeah. Because all I was doing was clubs. Yeah. So think about you this. actually were present. Yeah. For all, for, yeah. I Good for you, like man. normal. Good Absolutely. for you, Dan. So think about this, though. So yeah. you're saying about being the fun. You've got to think, who who am I being fun for? Yeah. Why? I, then you think, oh, well, that's, they probably don't know anyway. Yeah. They don't care. They're out of in their own fun. Yeah. And, and I don't need to be, because that, that person who, who I thought was the fun one mm. is actually killing himself yeah. mm. and not being, and it's not fun. When mm. you get to that stage where, we're, it, yeah, it's not enjoyable, no. mate. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an existence. Did you find, did both of you find that you had pals around you were a bit like, yeah, we like him. We like Dan. We like Block. Oh, God, fuck, he's a liability. Let's just crap shuffle away from him on nights out. No. There was all like, get him out. Get no, for you, on. for you. What about you, Dan? If people saw me, but when I was at the of like, like outlandish behaviour, then they, they wouldn't want to be around me. My mm. mates would. They'd put up with it. But as as I, as you, there's a saying along the lines of, like, people tolerate you when you're successful. Yeah. 
when the success had gone, you become a pest. Yeah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. got the money and you're scrounging for a bit of gear. Yeah. And you become a pest. And that's what I became. Mm. It's like, have you got any gear? you got this. How do I get free drinks? How do I get out of my nut in yeah. the way that I want to? What on fuck all? You become a pest. They put up with you, especially in Ibiza and, and other places, they put up with you when there's something in return for them. In it for them. Yeah, yeah. when there's something good in return for so you, them. When did there you ain't, like... Did you mm. find you get used at all over the years, either of you? Nah. Everybody, it was business. Everyone was doing it. Everyone was, yeah, okay. You did what you had to do. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think, for me, I think we just shared, shared whatever. I don't think, I don't think we, we looked at it as being used. I think we were just, we all just went along with whatever was going on. So it wasn't like, I don't think there's any ulterior motives or yeah. back then. I don't think people thought like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a different way of thinking now. But I mean, back in I mean, especially in Clubland early days and and the Ibiza thing, we was all in that mm. that bubble of we love Fun. each other. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We don't. You know, we're just we're here to have um, a party. We're here to enjoy the music. We're here to enjoy whatever else is going on. So you didn't really think you didn't analyze anything too much. How did you? How did you? How did it affect you getting celebrity status everywhere you went at your peak? Did you like it? Uh, do you know I, again uh, you probably didn't see a celebrity stage but people like even Dan looked up to you and uh, people around were looking up he, I mean, he, yeah, was, he was growing it never, as the... it never registered like that for me at the time so I didn't have that uh, more afterwards because you know after what well after I stopped okay because then because then it's fame yeah okay you're quite famous yeah and then when you stop being or, or you, you how do you deal with fame and it's, mm. it's I found it I always struggle with it why I don't know because maybe I had imposter syndrome or, yeah. or survivor's guilt, which is you know because I always I always felt that um, deep, deep down I always felt well how comes I make it through this stuff and I've seen some of my friends God bless their souls pass yeah. away when I was terrible yeah. and yet I still have this I'm still here type thing mm. so it was always a bit of underlying you know self doubt or self I don't know what you call it self esteem issue I don't know all, the, all this personal mm. stuff which we we get through our lives. And it's dealing with that stuff. So I, I, the celebrity status, I, I look, I'm very, what's the word? Uh, Great, I, when grateful. people say, oh, I block a mm. photo, I don't mind that. Yeah. Because that means that, oh, wow, I've, I've touched someone's life in a way that's good, hopefully. Yeah. Or that, you know, they've enjoyed the music over the years. Or, you know, uh, we've had some fun out and about somewhere type mm. thing, you know. Um, and, whatever, uh, yeah, I suppose it's accepting. Tell me, tell me about that. That period in your life, and when you uh, when you went on to the Brit Awards and went on stage. <laughs> well, that was a what moment. year? What year was this? It was, it was, it was that was uh, ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I, 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 look, I mean, after I stopped taking gear, I went on top of the pops. We had a hit record, number three in the charts. So it was like you know, I, did, I was the DJ behind the back at the back of the stage. You going, I've got dancers and everyone else going, T O T P, mate. <laughs> so it was a third in what number. What song was it? It was the Blockster remix of You Should Be Dancing, the oh, Bee Gees. Okay. Okay. So the Spice Girls of Westlife were in front of me. Yeah. So I got photos of me and Melanie C, who's DJing yeah. well now, which is well done, Mel. But we've we've got photos of me and Brian Adams and Mel C, and also De Click, which is uh, MC Creed and uh, the Do Masters. What? Hey? Do what? The Click. The Click were a band at the time and we, we, we were all on top of the pops together. It was a lovely little thing. And then on the back of that, uh, so the, the story around the Brits is quickly, I'll briefly tell you. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my mate, my best mate, who's still my best mate, uh, Matt, if you're listening, <laughs> hello mate. He, he was running the after party of the Brits. He'd done it and, and his partner was Jamie Wood, Ronnie's son. Yep. 
they had a company which they used to run the after party Brits. I DJ'd many times for him uh, at the after party, which is great. And he said, this year, look, we've got a new kid going to come do it. Do you mind leaving? I said, no, not a problem at all. In that gap, the Ministry of Sound rang up and said, the Brits have said we're nominated for Best British Dance Act. And I went, oh, okay. They said, we're not going to win, but we're not just what they, I said, well, get us a table. And they went, well, there's no point. We're not going to win. I said, well, just get us a table. Why not? We should be there. And they went, well, why? I said, because I said so. Mm -hmm. Get us a table. And the Brits said, so they rang me. I said, well, we've got a table. Uh, you can bring this amount of people. We're bringing all the the first uh, minute, last minute dot com millionaires or first people who mm. begin uh, the industry. So we're all sitting around a table. And, I'm, and now, in the meantime, my mates rang me and said, look, He's let us down. Can you do the after party? So I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to be there anyway. So I'll bring my records in the limo. I've took my bra my mate Brady and the, the other lads in the band. We've gone up in the limo, dropped my records in the room. I thought, aye, aye. So I've gone out and, and there's free champagne. So I'm, Oi. <laughs> so a few glasses of cheap champagne. And I'm saying hello to everyone. There's all the people, the famous people. Oh, wait, wait, block oh, yeah, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly what I said on yeah. the stage. What are you doing here? <laughs> and, um, so the evening progressed, and then uh, I was talking to, I was sitting uh, with, um, uh, name dropping, Chris Mills and Trevor Nelson. Yeah. We were sitting, because the Radio One was there, Kiss were down there, I was with Ministry of Sound, so yeah. all the music, and the, and the level C. Yeah. Right? There's A, B, and C. Yeah. We were in the C's. <laughs> so um, I was talking to Dane from another level, mm. uh, Dane Bowers. Dane Bowers. And, yeah. um, who's your pal now, aren't you? Oh, he's a pal with mine. Anyway, so he's going, oh, you've won an award. And I went, and that was it I didn't didn't see what award was didn't know if it was true or not I just said right I'm off and I went to get this award so I've walked through this this myriad of famous people I'm on the B section I've gone through that and I'm on the A's and there's Fat Boys Liam and there's Pete Tong and there's all the other people in management going Blocko what are you doing like, fuck off don't you dare stop me and my power I'm on the way to get me an award and they were like he's not won anything what's going on and they're all looking around going it's fucking mental anyway so I've ended up on the stage and this is where I've said um, and Davina said, uh, what's your name, mate? And I went, random block, oi, oi. And they went, ah, the whole place went mental. And I was on my way off the stage and then Ronnie said something. I Ronnie. Ronnie Wood, Ronnie come Wood. up, give him the award away. Yeah, yeah, he said, yeah. who's that? And I sort of went, oh, I'll come back to say, oh, I'm me or whatever. Yeah. And then we had a little banter. I got on and I got shuffled off the stage. Yeah. Um, and then into the, the corridor at the end, the side corridor, right? And, and I've walked down that side corridor. It's like, it's like, pap. Hatville. I'm like that guy because oh, nobody here, and I'm get to the end, and there's Matthew like that. And I make some DJ at the after party. Yeah. Don't forget, and he's like that, and I've gone. I burst into tears. I go, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. He went, what have you fucking done? <laughs> what have you fucking done? I went, oh, I don't know, I don't know. What I've done. And he went, get out. I went, what up, DJ? He went, you fucking ain't. Get out. <laughs> so um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, asked to leave and uh, the ultimate folklore. Isn't it? Ultimate nutter, yeah. yeah, there's the ultimate nutter. Dan, tell me the tell me the journey from day one to day to year thirty of Clockwork Orange parties. Wow, day one. Day one was a snooker hall in Holborn. What was that? Was that paddocks? Paddocks. It was. Yeah. Yeah. When you done paddocks. Yeah. It's that video with Smithy. He's going like that. Going like Oh, that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. That's it. The video, and he's about 20. <laughs> I remember, oh, yeah, that was it. Was that a paddock? Yeah, and that's yeah. that. And then, um, and then we just progressed on, and we went from like, I can remember the old days, we went from like paddocks, 
this was this was ninety three, and then we done like um, done a film studio, and we done here and there, and then ninety. Then we went to Ibiza in ninety four, um, and we done the cross for the first time, Lovely. May nineteen ninety four, bank holiday Sunday with like digweed. Yeah. Um, and on the way, I remember coming on the way home, and Andy, we stopped in his petrol garage, and we used to just drink really then. Mm. And um, and I've turned around, and he's got he's caught this fucking goose in his petrol garage. Like he jumped over the fence, seen this goose, grabbed it, it was like thinking, wah, 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 put it in the car. And Joey's girlfriend's like, what are you doing? Wah, wah, let it go, it, like flapped off. <laughs> then we went to Ibiza, and then we come back, and we done like Camden Palace, Hanover Grand film studios we've done this mr light and film studios car parks and it grew chili cheetah mm. um which used to have like a train um carriage in it off of um oxford street and i remember coming out of the club being in his car and andy like flagged me down and i went i just drive i don't want him in the car so he got his record box hmv or john lewis and threw his record box through the window at about six o'clock in the morning it's like 25 foot by like a six foot plate glass window and it all just shattering. It will go, just driving up the road and get the fuck out. I'll be like, the next day, I'll just go out the nick. It's going to cost me six grand. This was like 30, 29 years ago. Yeah. And it just went on and on. And then we relaunched. Uh, I left in 2001 because I was. it was my sole job. And um, I started again, started off as a, build, a site labourer. And then um, we relaunched again. I came back 11 years later in 2012 on my 40th birthday at McQueen's in Shoreditch. You played that one, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And then um, two years later, we went back to Ibiza. And we've done, oh, I mean, we've done massive things now, print works and got Clockstock the festival now. And yeah. we've, we've done them all. We've gone back to Coco. I lose got track. The orchestra now? Yeah, the orchestra we launched in our beef room. We've done like, you know, we've done the orchestra this year in our beef room, we've done Amnesia, gone back to his paradise, Benamusa Park, Sankey's, and then the beach parties that we we've done in our beef room. We took from three hundred people to in its height around about eight thousand people. Wow. And they think amazing. about this though, what to rebrand yeah. from scratch yeah. and have that following still from 13, 14 years previous and come back and do it again. Yeah. But bigger. You must have had you must have had the forties and fifty year olds bringing their kids back now. No, we do now. Right, this is a story for you, right? So when we done Fire and Lightbox. <laughs> what was it called? Fire and Lightbox. Fire and Lightbox when Vauxhall. we first relaunched. In Vauxhall. Yeah. Yeah. When we started in 2012. So this is about this is about 2014. It's about one o'clock in the morning. It's minus three. It's packed outside on the terrace. This kid comes out, ah, ah, ah. Oh, you are mate. Yeah. I went, you sure you're right? I'm standing with this group of people. We went, I went, he went, you think I'm fucked? He went, you want to see my mum and dad on the dance floor? <laughs> and, I went, and I went, oh my God. Yeah. It, that was a realisation of that I'd, I'd got old. Yeah. Sometimes you forget. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you forget. Mm. I was like a 20 year old kid with long hair and spots and whatever when I started on <laughs> 21. And I was like, oh my God. Mm. Now, there's grandparents yeah. who come with their kids who are mm. like in their early 60s who had kids early, mm. their kids had early, and you know, they're like a grandparent mm. would be there with their kids, and you're like, what? Mm. But there's a lot of lot of parents who come with tell their me kids. About, tell me about your party you put on in Ibiza where there's a, isn't there like a week period where you put it on? When everyone piles out of the sort of, it, and what sort of age group is it? Yeah. Um, the, 
biggest age is, is from like the 45s to the 55s and then you've got like 40s and then you've got majority of 30s but then you get the young kids come the young yeah. kids come because they're experiencing good what music the 90s was all yeah about. right a safe environment yeah they love it they love the atmosphere and they're getting to, we did fabric on saturday and just gone yeah and yeah. it was like the 90s brilliant like busy sold out blah 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 there was it was, it was only a, a small amount of youngsters at this one they love it because yeah. it, it was like the 90s mm. the old school room was rocking everyone's mm. singing the songs main room was packed we had a, we're now doing vinyl again like yeah. the block i was talking yeah. about we're doing vinyl again everyone's loving it yeah because they're pulling out the tunes that everyone's forgot so did you uh did everyone have to play vinyl that night the one in the vinyl room that's play vinyl in the vinyl yeah. room there was vinyl yeah. room okay got you mm. yeah what well, tell me about clockstock where is it? Um, How many years it was it's been a running Chelsea for? City race course for four years. We've moved it this year to a place called Boynton Hall Farm. It's the it's like the where's that? Boynton Hall Farm is in Chelmsford. Okay, um, and it's a uh, it's like the big sister. Never say brother actually. Mm. It's always 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 female related. Clockworks a lady in my eyes, yeah. and um, it's like the bigger sister of Clockwork. So you get many more stages, much more production, loads of performers, all outdoors. All How many outdoors? days? Uh, that's just a one day. Yeah. How, you, how much is seven? So three days, right? Three days, born with sevens, yeah. Born sevens, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do it. I don't mm. know how you do it for three days. I'm dead. Yeah, after mate. Lunch. I'm dead after three days. Yeah. But you imagine, like, our business models, we build up 362 days a year to earn all your money in three days. Mm. All that risk, all those millions up front, bang, for risk of that, to earn your money in three days. Mm. It's a risky business we're in, we're all in, but we've I've changed the world, right? Yeah, I've been for weekends, the same thing. It yeah. healed me this year. Yeah. It hurt. We done like literally. We done. We done. Cafferdale Mar. We had an orchestra played out that. Then we done the. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Orchestra. Turn back the orchestra. Um, the orchestra where we we flew over thirty members of the Royal Philharmonic and London Symphonic for we done the, the finale to Clockwork this year for thirty years. Um, and we done like the, we we basically done like along the lines of like classical. Like yeah, everyone brilliant. Knows, but it was f honestly, I've got an eye level. Of acceptance, yeah. I still find minor faults in it, yeah, like the lights and all that, which no one else says. Yeah. But um, it blew me away. People come up to me, I was like, not now, not yeah. now. This is costing me enough fucking money. Yeah. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, so you had to fly thirty of them over. Oh, trust me, you don't even uh, plus hotels, transport, food, money. Da, 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 no, no, that's just the them. Lot. Then you've and got, then you got the production that will come from England and Switzerland. Oh mate! Licenses, engines. Where were you? Where were you? Where were we hosting this party? It was called the Recinto de Ferriol. It was a government-owned building on the outside of Marbella um, Town. Wanted to do something different. But that's done. That, that I mean, working well, with the government has done you favors, massive favors. Oh uh, yeah. But then we gave them a free concert. So we yeah, gave okay. them six members of the Royal Philharmonic. Yep. On the Saturday night in Ibiza Town. What? Their their Royal Philharmonic. Yeah. No, but the people we flew over, we give them 12 members of the orchestra. Oh, for a Saturday night to give them a party? In, no, in RB for town. Oh, yeah, lovely. They played by the harbour. Lovely. And the mayor was there and all that. Yeah, so Did you was, meet them all? Nah, I did I fuck. I didn't go there on a Saturday, no. Oh. Saturday was... What was Friday? What was Saturday? Saturday. Uh, Saturday was the beach. Saturday beach. Saturday was on the beach. Yeah. yeah. So I'd done the beach and Cover Santa was on the Friday. Cover Santa, what a what a oh, venue. Mate. What a venue. If there's one venue I'd want to throw a party there, it'd be there. That it is a venue. We're doing it again next year and that that for me is just like the epiphany of what I'll be yeah. about. Yeah, this exactly. year there was there was there's always a magic in the air at clockwork. Yeah. Which I seem to tap into when I'm out there and I'm like, please help me out. And I'm talking to the island like a nutter. Most yeah. people go, what's this idiot all about? And I'm, I'm driving along, I'm going, I love you, the trees, I love the earth, <laughs> I love the sea, and it works. Mm. But this year, 
I think there was something else on there. Mm. I was dancing in the crowd, having it with all the people. Absolutely loving it. Mm. Covered in like people's glitter mm. and sweat. I didn't care. Mm. Would you ever rent that? What? Covid Centre. Mm. This is our next year. Be our it's third. Your f- oh, you've done it for three years of no, you? this is our third party there. Yeah, next year. Yeah. Oh, wow. First year was brilliant. It was good. I like it. It's decked. It's like that. It raises yeah, up, yeah, doesn't good. it? Like Layered up, amphitheater, I mean, like a Roman. Back in the day, we used to go park. We we went there a couple of times. It was a very. It was like a more restauranty type. There's still top. a restaurant at the top. If you're at the top, though, you still can get your sushi and stuff. Oh at yeah, the top. yeah. But yeah. I mean, this was predominantly a. It wasn't a nightclub back then, yeah. was it? Cover Center. It was a, a venue. No, Cover Center was owned by your friend from um, from Benny Moves Park. He sold it to them about nine years ago. Old um, Bartolo. Bartolo. Yeah. But there's also a club inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can slip inside and carry on partying. Yeah, yeah. It's a great venue. I mean, there's loads of bits too. I love it. Mm. The yeah, staff it really are wicked. Mm. It's Amnesia who owns it, isn't it? Mm. And they're, they're wicked. They're great to work with. Martin's always a good one. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're good boys. But yeah. um, this year was special. Yeah. Special. But where we was going to do Benny Moosa Park, yeah. and then we moved it, and we brought like Todd Terry, fucking... Uh, In fact, while, while you're there, reel off some names who you've, who, who you've, uh, who you've booked over the years. Everyone. Give right, me an example. So in, Give me in example. the early days, it was just... It was Blocko, Lisa, Jeremy... Judge Jules, Tall Paul, Seb Fontaine. Yeah. And then then when we relaunched, then your Grand Parks, Norman Jays came about. Then it was like, then with the festival, it was like Roger Sanchez, Masters at Work, Eric Murillo. Quality. All, all of Morales. them. Oh, all, all, the, all, all started going on. Huge. Like, Gok's been playing recently, got one. Fat Tony. Good DJ. Fat Tony, yeah, Fat no, Tony he, as well. Gok Wan's a good DJ, right? Yeah, 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 but we never thought about like Fat Tony back in the day, but yeah. now he's weird. I love him. I love his personality. He's, he's like, brilliant. I'd like so to get direct. Fat Tony. I'm speaking to him, in fact. I'd like to get him on. Well, you so should direct. get it, but he'll yeah. smash sevens. Yeah. Someone else you mm. need to get on. Yeah, 100%. It's wicked, you know. And I was, I was thinking about something the other <laughs> no, day. No, there um, is someone else you need to get on. I would have. Hint, hint, dodge, hint. <laughs> you've, played at, you've played at the festival before a few years ago. Yeah, back, years didn't ago, it was all the times, and I know you got the um, because I turned out, I, I can do an hour early in the VIP, and I had to go back there, but I'm, I'm here now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you can re. <laughs> Did the VIP for it? In fact, did the VVIP for us, didn't you? Yeah, but I, it was early because I had yeah, to get off. Yeah, yeah, I prefer yeah, yeah. to do it like, because I'm, you know. Uh, if it's it all day parties again. now. That's something we yeah. were just talking about space yeah. on a Sunday. That was the only day party. In the 90s, yeah. everything was nighttime. That's right. right. I'm a, I night love time. day parties. No, I'm now, done. Now it's switched. Get me bed before midnight. Yeah, even in oh, Nothing even good happens after midnight. Well, look, I mean, look, it's. it's, it's <laughs> no. I said this in during the lockdown, right? We changed our behaviours. Us lot of our age. Don't forget, before, we'd go out every week because it was our habit to go out every week. So you'd look at, you'd go out one night, you'd get home and think, right, what am I doing next Saturday? Yeah. What am I doing next Saturday? So we had a break of three months, then six months, then nine months, then yeah. 12 months, then like, and then before it came, sorry, before it came back, it was like sporadic. Yeah. By that time, we'd all realised, do you know what? I don't mind staying in. Yeah. Don't spend time with the family. I want to choose the ones I go out to because I don't need to do it every week. Yeah. I've been drinking too much and I realised that sort of thing. So we talk, and we think daytime, nice little dance, bit of a, yeah. you know, bit of a get together, have nice a few food, beers, good whatever, tunes, good go people, home. Done. I'm in by 10 o'clock, yeah, 11 perfect. o'clock. And by that time you're tired because we are tired. Perfect. You know, we're not, I, I, I find it difficult to be, maybe it's me and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, Mate, if you want to go out late, go out late. But for me, I, I like to be home yeah. at a, a reasonable time. And if I have a late night, yeah. it, it's very rare. Lads, I've absolutely loved this. Is that it? Is that it? Absolutely loved yeah, it. Started, we, yeah. We got <laughs> <we're laughs> out. Your love's gone off. He's like, fuck off. I think so. 
off my bus. Lads, we've done we've done an hour and a half. We've done an hour and a half. That is absolutely golden, lads. What a, an eventful life you've lived then. And it's lovely to hear how clean we've been cleaning for 20 years now and you come out the other side and now you're smashing everything you're doing with clockwork. Massive because respect. I'm sober. Because you're clean and you're present you know what's going on. That's that's the reason where we got to where massive, we are because I'm sober. Massive Otherwise respect. I'll be dead, yeah, massive respect. And Blocko, what you've been through, mate, and we've known each other for years, mate, you've lived an eventful life and you've partied like harder than anyone we've ever come across. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm and you're, you look great. Well, you're still, yeah, and you look great for it, mate. Thank you, mate. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very grateful that, as you said, you know, it could have very easily been another way. Mm. Um, uh, quite easily, in fact. Yeah. So, you know, uh, where are we now? 96, 2006, 30. Uh, I'm not only Charlie and... 27 years. 27, yeah. Mate, massive... 27 years. Massive respect, both. I appreciate you coming down. Come down from Essex. I know you live around the corner, Block over. Massive no, appreciate. But listen, can I just say yeah. something? And you've got to add this in. Yeah. If anyone has any struggles around drinking drugs anything with mental health problems don't be afraid to reach out there's lots of support for you now Agree. you can contact myself or danny will be more than happy to help dodge can point you in the right direction yeah. we'll put some links on the bottom for yeah. mental health mind etc we all can yeah. but just you know uh we've been through we're lucky to be here and we're lucky to see you today thank yeah. you but do reach out don't feel alone and um on your own well okay done. agree and you know what there's a massive website anyone listening out there's a website called jack jaaq.org okay just ask a question that's it it's a phenomenal model. that's the hardest thing it allows people because if you go if you go on something you go google it's all these lists of black and white this website is all pre-filmed it's like a master class whether you've got depression whether you anxiety whether you want to commit suicide whether you've got a drug problem and it's there for you you press a button and watch experts talk to you cool. it's phenomenal okay. jack.org put the link on the bottom yeah no, i'll put the link on there lads i've loved it Maybe there'll be a part two in the future. Ooh. It's been lovely yeah. speaking to you, Maybe if you move closer to London. He's got a nice detour on the way up. Boys. Six days to Quality. London. Good, Good man, Dan. Thank you, mate. Blocko, legend. Pleasure, Josh, Cheers, mate. boys. Thank you, I really enjoyed that.